be the Alabama coach. What, what, what? It'd be Dan Marino, Zach Thomas, Jason Taylor in that exact order. What an opportunity to play, and the Jets have given me an opportunity to play. I put a Lindo Mari up there before I like Ricky Williams. Just before Dolphins training camp this past July, he turned his back on all of it and ruined the Dolphins' entire season. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Dolphins fans of all ages, the Battered Fins Fan Podcast is back on December 12th. Just a mere, what do you say, 24 hours, 25 hours since... Uh, a little less. Since game time finished and... Um, well, started, I should say. And um, yesterday would have been the right time to do this. But I, I needed to sit on it a bit, Danny. I needed to sit on it a bit and... Obviously, that's why we, we did not go live yesterday. But before we get into the game, sir, as always, how the hell are you doing, bro? I'm doing pretty good. I mean, um, it's almost Christmas time. It's the happiest time of year. So I'm feeling pretty good. I, I've, I've told you over the last several weeks, as everybody's been riding the high that is the Miami Dolphins, especially if you're a Miami Dolphins fan, you, we've been on a bit of a high. You said several, You said several weeks ago, that the Dolphins hadn't had that one loss that they're not supposed to have. Now, right, you said, we thought that that it might have been the Raiders, and they kind of just gave the way with it. Right, you thought it was the Raiders. I had said it was the Bills, and I still feel that way. I still feel that the Bills aren't playing great ball, but they obviously demolished us. Um, and I genuinely thought that it was the Bills. But yesterday, being at that game, by the way, amazing game, amazing experience. <laughs> For those who were there, if you're in the chat right now, for those who were there, I've been to a buttload of Dolphin games in my lifetime. I think that's the loudest I've ever been. It's ever been at at Hard Rock Stadium or Joe Robbie or Landshark Stadium or Sun Life Stadium, whatever, whatever name you've been to. I think that was the loudest. Denny, the atmosphere there was it was incredible. It was incredible. And I think that was the best part of it. By the way, by the way, real quick before I even I think this is the most important thing. If there was anything to take away and being happy about was that at halftime, Lou from Dade proposed to Ashley 305 Sports, babe. She said yes at the rock yesterday. Congratulations from Got myself the at the rock. Yep. Congratulations from myself and Danny to you guys. You guys are amazing. And um, at least there was something to be happy about. Right. There's something to be happy about. Now, Danny. Let's get into this game. But before we do, ladies and gentlemen, I got I got a little something. I got a little something. Uh -oh. I got a little something. Uh-oh. Oh! I got a little something. <laughs> I got a little something. After a win, but it yeah. It would have felt better after a win. But uh, That's the championship right there. That's Mexi. The, the championship belt is finally home. Um, <laughs> but let's go ahead and get into this game because – Yesterday, people were coming up to me just feeling themselves, just feeling this team. You know, they they thought that it was going to be, they thought that it was going to be a, an easy cakewalk. cakewalk. And um, well, thirteen and a half points. Listen, one Jets pod. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for so much for being here, <laughs> Mike. Just that guy. He's in the house as well. Appreciate you guys coming through. Um, I never felt comfortable. Let's start there, Danny. I never felt comfortable with the spread. I never felt comfortable with uh them thinking that it was going to be an easy peasy lemon squeezy game um i just didn't feel comfortable about that 13 and a half spread so let's let's start at the very beginning you texted me you're like is this the first time that this season 
that the Dolphins' off- offense is going to get shut out. And obviously, if it wasn't for Zach Sealer with an incredible pick six from like the four yard line, um, you're, we're, we basically have no points on the board except for a field goal, I believe, towards the end of the half. But I guess give me your two cents as you're watching this game. Well, let, let's start with that Zach Wheeler pick. He got the pick. He ran it back. He gets all the credit in the world. Mm-hmm. But if you watch that replay back, he got no pressure. Like he had, like that was he was that that that's one of his negative plays. If he doesn't end up randomly getting a bad pass thrown right at him, because when you look, he got no push up upfield. And I mean, it didn't look like he was dropping back to defend or anything like that. So I was really surprised that he ended up being at the right spot at the right time. Kind of worked out for him. And I was very surprised. Now, before that, though, the Dolphins did have a pretty decent drive. It's just they fumbled at the three-yard line. So the, the Dolphins offense, it wasn't that they weren't, it was, they weren't I think, dead. Well, mind you, it was Connor Williams getting hurt on that same drive. Which was right. terrible because now you got Liam Meikenberg. Liam Meikenberg, go ahead. Then it was bad snap at the two yard line, which two was able to recover. And as he's recovering about the throw, boom, gets slapped again. So mm-hmm. it was like, was that a tale of things to come? And shout out to uh, Giancarlo for being here. He was one of the guys that I had this conversation with uh, as we were hunting down uh, Big E. That I said, bro, I just don't feel comfortable with this spread. But nonetheless, yes, it, I, I, it was a. A sign of things to come but we said that this is the Dolphins beat who they're supposed to right so wasn't this a team that we were supposed to beat yeah and look one of the look and I guess we'll get to the end of the game in in a couple minutes right but this isn't the first time that this happens like I said that Raiders game I thought was one of the, the the worst games that the Dolphins have played this year and it played out much like this one you were having a hard time getting going against a bad team. And, okay, let me backtrack. Do you think that the Dolphins were strategic with resting some guys and making them inactive because they also thought that this was a cupcake game? That's a very fair question. And I honestly think that – I think it goes to the to the level of cuteness that we've been talking about over the several weeks. You're like, well, this is a big name. Does he really need to practice? Like Teron Armstead – the guy has like 67 injuries as he's nursing from since his season started. And I think he's the type of guy who doesn't need practice, Danny, because once he's on the field, he shuts down the left side of the field. But I, I do agree with you. I think there's a sense that um, like if you're on help- Holland, oh, I, I yeah, thought he was going to be active and then he just was randomly inactive. Right. Because I think when they released Thursday's um, injury report, he was like he Probably. was a limited, a limited participant. So, yes, I, I, I definitely agree. Um, but th- this is another point right here. Um, I'm sorry, right here from Mike the Stack Guy. Danny, when you're talking about losing your starting center, your left guard, Robert Hunt, it's like what other injuries need to happen up front? Because we, we were running the, the ball very effectively. It was like 6.5 average. And it goes – to the stat line that, that you're always bringing up that if you're running the ball so effectively why do you keep going away from it and i know we're going to talk about that 14 point lead here in a few minutes but just concentrating on the first half i thought the play calling wasn't there once we lost tyreek i think that there was moments that you're like all right why did we do that are you all of a sudden telling me that we can't go over the top now i do know that two at, at the press conference said 
they were playing a shell over the top, trying to limit their their explosive plays, which they everything did. Everything underneath, uh huh. Everything underneath. But all of a sudden, Jalen Waddle can't get over the defense at any point in the game. So that was very surprising. Yeah, they kept kept catching balls underneath, but it's like I know I've seen it, you've seen it. Jalen Waddle has the speed to get over many defenses, and it just did not happen. So, was, so, so does Devon Nation, and he did, but Tua overthrew oh, him. Yeah, he did. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That was just one of many. But it's like, I don't think there's one specific subject that you could be like, this is the reason they lost. I think that it was on both sides of the ball. No matter how great that defense played, for sure. I, th- I think play calling played a part on both sides of the ball. But before we move into the second half, let's watch this. And I know you haven't seen it. Emmanuel Ocho always drops gems. And I think this one speaks very highly to what the Dolphins are doing right now. Players are a reflection of their coach. And the Miami Dolphins, in my mind, are a reflection of their coach for better, a lot better, but also for worse. Mike McDaniel, he is incredibly smart. Went to Yale, brilliant mind. He's loose. He's fun. What are the Dolphins? They're smart. They're loose. They're fun. They score a touchdown, do the wheelbarrow race. They score another touchdown, they hear with it. But then... They start to feel themselves a little bit too much. Mike McDaniel, y'all know he's a little too loose. Sometimes you want him to be a little more serious. What happened after the Dolphins beat the Broncos by 50? Dole the next week lose to the Bills by 28. Tua Tungavailoa has to get to the podium, and he simply says, it's very humbling, and for some of us, much needed. Why y'all feeling yourselves so much already? What have y'all done? What happened last night? Dolphins, loose. They're fun. Will Barrel races. But then you blow a... 14-point lead, 13-point lead, excuse me, with three minutes in the game. Players are a reflection of their coach. To me, Mike McDaniel, he has to lead this troop and lead this squad better. Mike McDaniel is brilliant. I will give him his flowers for his brilliance. But in the same breath, I need him at least at times to elicit a little more seriousness into that locker room. Think about the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're not that creative, but they're always tough. What's Mike Tomlin? He ain't that creative, but he's always tough. Think about the Patriots. They are bland as can be. What is their coach? Bland as can be, but they come to work every single day. Players are a reflection of their coach. And the Miami Dolphins right here right now are a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant football team. But I wish they would be more serious in times like this. And when I watched that clip, and obviously I'll let you drop your two cents about it now. When I watched that clip, there wasn't a point there that I couldn't agree with because a lot of people call this team finesse. And I don't have no problem with that word because our finesse ass will get up and down on the field on you and put points within milliseconds. But sometimes you do need that toughness. Sometimes you need to show that on the field. Sometimes you need to show, hey, we're serious about this. These Tennessee Titans should not be beating us right now. And I think there's a lot of examples throughout the season where you could point to that where you're like, uh, we need a little bit more toughness out of this team. What do you think about Emmanuel Ocho's point? Well, I, I think that he hit it on, on just about every point that he made. And this kind of goes back to something that we were talking about before the season started. Every team has these moments, right? These, the, it's, it's peaks and valleys. And just about every team goes through, right? Every once in a while, you have a team that goes 14 and 2, 15 and 1. But just about every team goes through peaks and valleys. And I always told you, I don't know if Mike McDaniel is a guy that shows that he can command the locker room to get through a valley. Now, there hasn't been a valley yet, and I don't want to make so much out of just one game. Right? It was, last night could have happened to anybody. Because I'm sorry, teams lose like look at the Patriots. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick lose on the that miracle play against the Dolphins back in December 9th of 20, was it 2019, whatever it was. Yeah. So yeah. it happens. So I don't want to completely get on him, but I, I do I've always questioned his character as far as a head coach. And 
look, there's new styles of coaching. Like for sure, you know, he maybe his his style will eventually work, and it's something that we're not used to seeing. But I'm not used to seeing it, and I don't know how it's gonna work whenever you start hitting some of that controversy. If let's say hypothetically. The Dolphins were – they lost last night in bad fashion. Let's say they lose to the Jets next week by some miracle, and then the following week against the Ravens, three-game losing streak, all of a sudden you're looking at what, nine and uh, what, six at that yeah. point? Yeah. How, how how does Mike McDaniel command that locker room at that point? Because you start losing the – you have what, the Cowboys coming in after that? Oh, no, I'm sorry. It was yeah. the Cowboys and then the Ravens. I, mm-hmm. I forgot which one it is. Yeah, yeah it's, our, it's our way. I, I, what happens at that point? I don't know if Mike McDaniel is that guy because like uh, this guy that you just had up on there says, he doesn't seem like a very serious, stern, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, really like give it to the team when they need to hear it. Like, I don't see that out of him. And like I said, maybe you don't need that. Maybe there's a new way to coach that we're going to find out works. But until I see that it works, I'm going to have my questions. And I don't know if he's that. Now, maybe the Dolphins will win the rest of the games of the season and we'll never have to find out until the future. But that's always been my question about McDaniel. I don't know if his character would lend itself to a situation like that. Listen, I don't think Vic Fangio gets a pass either. I think that Will Levis at times looked like Tom Brady back there having all day to throw the ball. It was mind-boggling to me that we – where was Andrew Van Ginkle yesterday? You know, where was JPP yesterday? Where was Emmanuel Ogba? You can't can't take anything from JPP. No, no, I know, but I'm just saying. I'm throwing like six fingers. I'm throwing these names out there that – obviously have the capability of getting to the quarterback and outside of Bradley Chubb doing something idiotic and giving up basically four points. That was the, that was the scoring play. Yeah. Right. Um, outside of that, Danny, do you really see this defense getting any pressure on this Titans? Yet? Now, granted game, all the game balls in the world should go to David long. I feel like he was in the backfield more than anybody else. He was in the backfield more than Derrick Henry was in the backfield yesterday. Well, that's what I was going to tell you. I think, like, Will Levis did get beat up a bit yesterday. It's just that he was getting the ball out. Like, they weren't getting there on time, but he was getting hit. Like, I, I don't think that it was necessarily a clean pocket and a clean game for Will Levis. No, I, I personally, from watching it, we were like, yo, this guy has all day to throw the ball. We were discussing it with the other fans that were there. But let, let's touch on this real quick. Right here. Good point. Why are we going away from the run on those short second and third downs? Drove me insane. I feel like we give up on the run too easily, especially for running effectively like we were yesterday. Mike, the stat guy, A-Chain had seven carries, 6.7 yards per carry. They should have fed him more. Danny, I think you have beaten, beaten this horse with a, with a stick more than anybody else. Since last and, year. And one of the things that Tua yesterday said was, I mean, sorry, Mike McDaniel said yesterday, which we both thought was hysterical when we talked about it uh, earlier today. There was a lot of opportunities missed in the red zone. But it was a lot of out of character things for us. Now, Danny, that that rubbed me the wrong way. And I know it rubbed you the wrong way. It wrote the reason it rubbed me the wrong way. It's like, no, McDaniel, this is what you do. You get cute when you're in the red zone. You get cute when you're three to four yards out. You try to throw three straight passes instead of running the ball. When Raheem Mostert is averaging 4.6 per carry and Devon Achon is averaging 6.7. Danny, how smart is it to not run the ball and get into the end zone when, mind you, can you explain to the audience how those two touchdowns we got in the fourth quarter happened? Oh, I'm sorry. Handoffs with less than five yards. 
But well, and that's the only time he got out of character. Like we were saying earlier, he right. got out of character, but he got out when of character in the fourth off. quarter when he was running the ball. And what happened when he, I saw Twitter it was going crazy? Like, oh, what do you know? It's good to hand it off. You score touchdowns. Shout out to like, Ghost of Adam Gates. He was the first one to tweet that. So it, it's almost mind-boggling to think that this is still happening. And give, I've given him a lot of credit this season. For sure. Because he For has sure. rushed the ball a lot more. But, like, in the red zone, like, you don't have – I mean, I guess technically you have – what's this kid's name? You have uh, Claypool. Who? Does he ever play? Who? He warms up, though. I'll tell you that. He warms well, up because he was warming up right in front of me yesterday, but he obviously did so not get on the field. That is the only player that can win one of the – why do you go for these fade routes with 5'10 receivers? Like, I get it. Tyreek Hill can get to that to the, to that part of the end zone quicker than yeah. anybody else. Yeah. But still, that's like that's not the most effective way to go. Just run the ball. It's working. Yeah. So uh, it, it's, it's, it's very frustrating to see that somebody could be that stubborn. And it's almost like he wants to prove people wrong. It's like, I could make it work, though. Like, just watch. But it's still not happening. Like, it's more effective to run when the run is working, especially with the beat-up offensive line that you have. That's That was my point. That was my point. The fact that you're missing so many people on the offensive line, stop getting cute, man. Stop trying to get Tua killed. Hand the, hand the damn ball off, man. I, I don't want to curse. I don't want to curse because you know what happened yesterday. Yesterday, if we would have done the show, I would have been cursing a whole lot more. But... I'm sorry, man. We we should not have lost this game. Again, that 13 and a half spread, I never liked it from the beginning, but I didn't expect us to lose. I just didn't expect us to win by 14. Um, another takeaway that, that from this game, there wasn't, once Tyreek went down, by the way, horse caller, right? Horse mm -hmm. caller, right? For sure. Ho horse caller, right? Because it wasn't called on the field, but that was a horse caller. But you know what? When I first saw it, I didn't think it was a horse collar, but I saw a still image that looked like a horse collar. I'd have to yeah, watch that yeah. replay like back right again. Here. But the like still right image, here. the picture, it looked like a like a horse collar for sure. Yes, yes. Listen, one jet spot. I know. I know you guys are deal dealing with your litany of injuries as well in New York. But um, the the other thing that I'll take away, Danny, is and somebody brought it up here. Mr. Krabs brought it up. Tyreek is the offense, and it's not an exaggeration. I I agree. Well, I did want to get into that. I, I agree up to a certain extent, and here's what I mean by that. Obviously, Tyreek is the best player on any offense that you would throw him into, obviously. He is Unless four, it's like the Chiefs. I, right. I believe he's like 458 yards away from 2,000. So, obviously, he is technically our offense. But when you have a Jalen Waddle, when you have a Devon Achon, when you have a Raheem Mostert, you obviously have more people that could get the ball, but... What Danny has said millions of times on this show is the fact that Tyreek Hill is the best distraction in the world. That even when he's not getting the ball, the defense has to be like, where is Tyreek Hill? Now you take him out of that he's equation. He's always moving in motion, yeah. Right. Now you take him out of that equation. Now your, your offense is going to get a little exposed. But did it really get exposed? My question to you guys watching live in the comment section and when you watch this replay. Did we really get exposed? And what I mean by that, Danny, is you still have those big names on the offense. I just don't think you're being utilized correctly, and that goes back to the play calling. When you're averaging 6.7 yards a carry, when you're averaging 4.6, something tells me you should probably stick to those guys more. If you lost Tyreek Hill, you got to stick to those guys more. Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle was getting open underneath, Danny. Keep feeding him. Keep feeding him the rock. 
Cedric Wilson, Danny, he caught a beautiful one down the sideline. And I feel like texting you right away. I don't know if you had seen it, but I that, saw it. I was like, oh my God, he actually plays wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. But it goes back to I don't think he's our entire offense. But once you lose that distraction, I don't know if Mike McDaniel has put enough in place where when he's not on the field, you can still be as effective. What's your I agree. What's your you still have a lot of weapons and you should st- still you still should be productive. And I think for Sunday, I don't know if Tyreek Hill is in question at all for Sunday, but if he is in question at all, I'm sure Mike McDaniel will have something cooked up just in case he can't go. But going back to this offense in general, I was thinking about this. And we and I've and I've told you that I think Tyreek Hill should be considered for the MVP over Tua. I think last night kind of cemented it. I think even with this loss and even if they don't end up with the best record in the AFC or whatever, I really do believe that Tyreek Hill is the MVP this season. 100%. He is the most valuable player. And and you noticed it yesterday. Right now. Right. And you noticed it yesterday. Last night, I felt cemented it. And and what sucks is that when you say that, I feel like the Tua haters kind of like, yeah, Tua sucks. I don't think Tua gets enough credit for how well he played and how much he's contributed to Tyreek Hill's season. But... I will tell you, Tyreek makes Tua look a lot better. Tyreek Hill is the main cog in that offense. This offense could be good without Tyreek Hill, but this offense is the best because of Tyreek Hill. And I think last night kind of proved that. Now, as far as the offense getting exposed, I am going to tell you. Yeah. The Dolphins only scored three touchdowns yesterday. And I know that sounds like a lot, right? Three touchdowns. Only. You want I'm going to show you. Well, the reason I bring up the three touchdowns. Yeah. The first touchdown drive was a two-yard drive. Mm -hmm. The second touchdown drive was a seven-yard drive. And the third touchdown drive was an eight-yard drive. Yep. If the Titans don't shoot themselves in the foot, I don't know how many points the Dolphins scored yesterday. Because it was the, the pick six. Yep. It was... The muff, the, 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 the muff punt. Correct. And then, and then the, it was the, the fumble. The behind, the behind the back toss to Derrick Henry. And it, it's it's almost – it's crazy to see that that was the Dolphins' offense yesterday. Yeah. Like, outside of that, they weren't producing. Right. And that's with Tyreek Hill playing the fourth quarter and most of the first quarter. Like, I understand that the second and third quarter, Tyreek Hill wasn't there. But he was there for the first, and he was hobbled in the fourth. But he was still making plays late in the third I, and the fourth. And I think in the fourth quarter, there was no point in bringing him back in. I get it. And the reason I say that, just, Danny, that last drive, you're still winning. Do you think that running the ball two straight times was the, <laughs> was the right thing to do now when you know that the game is basically they, – they, they make a touch on it and, you, and you, they basically win the game because now you got to go and put some points back on the board. So let's talk about the second to last drive. Two straight runs to start the game off. They're trying to chew into the clock, even though the Titans have timeouts. I think at this point it's imperative to get a first down. They obviously they also throw it for it on third down. Don't get ish from it. No, they, they ran it on third. Uh, they they threw it on on third down, but right, ended up having to scramble. Correct. Mm-hmm. So, and this is the second to last series. I'm talking about the last series. Yeah. I'm talking about the second to last series. Yeah, yeah, I know. Do yeah. you think do you think running the rock on first and second down was was a smart play? Because from my point of view. They should have ran it on first, then maybe depending on what you get from your first side, because it didn't have to be a deep play. Remember, they've been playing so- they've been playing shell coverage the whole entire game. Even if you get a three yard out, dink four yard out, right? Dink and dunk that sucker up and down the field. 
you think you running the, the ball? Do you think running the ball effect uh, on first and second down was the right call? Um, <clears throat> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna question running the ball first and second down because at that point you try and run out the clock. How much time was left when you that, during that possession? I think it was like three minutes, right? Give or take. Yeah. yeah. They were trying to get I'm it not, down to the two. They were trying to get it down to the two minute warning. We said that the run play was working. We said that Atron was averaging what like seven or six yards a carry. That's two carries as a first down. I understand that the Titans are probably gearing up to stop the run, but I'm not going to hate on running it the first two downs, forcing them to use some timeouts. Now, what, what killed you? Liam Eikenberg, the false start, stopped the clock. That killed the team. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Tua having, not, not being able to get, get a pass off, that, that kind of killed the team also. But no, I, I, don't, I don't kill them for that. Now, I will tell you, overall, I think the offense has had a really hard time killing the clock when they need to because this isn't the first time this happens against the Raiders. The Raiders, for some reason, started going for it on fourth down early in the fourth quarter. And I was like, why are they doing this instead of kicking field goals? They got the ball back three times, and three times they drove the length of the field almost, and they ended up kicking or or being – being within position to kick those field goals and nine points would have won them the game. The Dolphins could not stop them from driving down the field three times in the fourth quarter and they could not run out the clock. They kept giving the ball back to the Raiders and that's against the Raiders. And now last night against the Titans, those are the basics that you need to do well in order to beat good teams in the playoffs. If you can't stop them and they go the length of the field. And if you can't run out the clock efficiently, you're in trouble when you're playing against these good teams. For sure. So, so sure. that Raiders game stands out to me. And then last night also. Now, before we keep talking about the Dolphins, I did want to take a second to bring up the Mike Vrabel having the cojones to randomly go for a two-point try after yeah. that first touchdown in the first quarter. Like, I wasn't expecting him to do that. I was wondering why he's about to do it. But when they converted... I was like, man, that was that was ballsy. Like, I get it. You don't make it. You still have a chance to go for another two-point conversion afterwards. But nobody's talking about the balls on Mike Vrabel to randomly go for it on for, for two-point conversion when all you need is a field goal. I'm sorry, a, a, a point extra. And then you're down by seven. And, I mean, I thought that that was amazing. I give it to him. And, and that, was the, that was the game right there, ultimately, because they won by one point. I agree with you. I agree with every single point you made, but that was that was just one of the other reasons why I didn't like the 13 and a half spread. Mike Vrabel knows how to coach. Mike Vrabel gets the team to show up and play good ball. So that's why I didn't like that. But I think John Carla hit it on the head. The last drive of the game was a culmination of our offense and the whole game that we couldn't even get a first down. That last drive, Danny, it was like Tua now can complete a two-yard pass? Because according to most people that are haters, that's all he does. All he does is complete short passes. Now, all of a sudden, we can't even get that. But when that drive first started, he completed his first two passes. I was like, oh, is, they're going to – because they can't. Yeah, like here we a, go. Here we go. like a minute and 40 seconds or something that they had. I was like, oh, they're going to score it. All they need is a yeah. field goal. You know what I thought was going to happen? I've been telling you since the, before the season started, Jason Sanders is going to cost you a game. And I thought to myself, this is going to be it. I, I was like, they're going to have to go for like a 45 to 50 yarder and he's going to miss it. Yeah. But I had no doubt that Tua would get him within range. And I was very surprised that after those first two completions, then things kind of stalled out. Jason Sanders, MVP again. You know, that's all I'm going to say. Jason Sanders, MVP again. 
clutch when you need him. What is he, Danny? He's missed one field goal this year because obviously I think it's the block one. But this I mean, guy yesterday is, he's missed field goals this year. Has he? I know he's missed. I, I don't recall. I'm pretty sure he's missed any misses. extra points also. I don't recall any misses this season. But um, two of three yesterday, nine points from him. I mean, sorry, not nine points from him. Six points from him. Um, the extra points were on there as well. But obviously, I'm just saying that because just to rub Danny the wrong way. He doesn't like Jason Sanders for some reason. But I, let's an, let's answer some of these questions real quick. The first one, which is obviously we touched on a little bit earlier. Why did the Dolphins even sign Chase Claypool? Has he even played a down yet? He has. He has. He actually has a completion from Tua, one of the games. He got really excited about catching a ball. And... um. But Danny, I agree. Why is Chase Claypool on this team? On this team, because he is healthy. I see him warm up. He's on the sideline, standing next to River Craycraft. Why is Chase Claypool not playing for the Miami Dolphins? Have you heard anything? Because when I when I scour the internet to find out, he hasn't he hasn't been a bad locker room guy. He's showing up and playing in practice. I don't know why he's not playing. So, Mr. Krabs, it fairest question so far. Why isn't he playing for the Miami Dolphins? I don't know because. We know, Danny, the guy could ball. We He could ball. He's got speed. He's got height. He's got size. He he's could ball. Why, right. Why is he being used? I am not sure. Danny, the other thing, genuine question here, the delay of the game on defense. Now, granted, I know that you can, on defense, just like an offense, you can't make a move, a football move, like if you're about to get off the line. I think that's the first time I've seen it being called on the defense in I don't know how many games. Was it surprising to you? I think it's simultaneous it? movement. Yeah, I, I'm not clear on the on the rule, but I think it was simultaneous movement by more than two players or something like that. I I, I thought it was weird. Also, I, I had never I had never seen it called personally this year. At least I haven't seen it. I don't think it's a reason we lost by by any stretch. <laughs> no. But it, it was funny to me being called at that time because I'm like, if anything else go wrong, why not a delay a game on the on the defense? The way that Bradley Chubb and Christian Wilkins jumped off the line and just started pointing at the offense, I'm like, oh, shit, it's, it's on that young wide receiver. And then all of a sudden, they started pointing back at the Dolphins' defense. I'm like, I didn't see anything. And then you look at the replay, I'm like, really? That's that's what we get called for right here? And then obviously, easy touchdown by Derrick Henry. But Danny, final thoughts on this game so we can finally start moving on to your New York Jets. All right, well, um, actually, I, I wanted to bring up one last thing. Sure. I felt like the Dolphins' offense was so out of sync, they couldn't even get out of the huddle quick enough. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was just an odd game, right? It's almost an aberration. Like, I, I don't know if this will happen again, but they even had to burn a timeout randomly because they just couldn't get out of the huddle quick enough. Yeah. And that timeout would have been very useful late in that fourth quarter, and they ended up using it with, like, eight minutes left in the game. So this is the type of stuff that they need to clean up, and I, it's almost good that it happens. Right, because you don't want this kind of crap to happen when you're playing against good teams in the playoffs, right. for example. Like you want this kind of stuff to kind of watch it back, clean it up, draw attention to it to your team during those, you know, those those meetings or whatnot. So I think it's almost good that it happened. Um, but all in all, last night it happens to every team. You lose a random game now in that fashion. <laughs> that's pretty brutal. I'll give you that. But um, you know. Every good team loses these games. Look, the Eagles, even though now they're they're, they're like on a two game losing streak, the Eagles mm-hmm. lost to the Jets, and everybody doesn't understand how that happened. Like it's just it's, it's just NFL, it's any given Sunday, and yeah, I get it. It's it it's very it's very cliche, but it does happen. Now, 
how do you well how do you feel about Tyreek with his ankle? That's my mm-hmm. first question to you. And then did anybody stand out to you as a pro? And then who stood out to you as a con? And you can't say the offensive line. I can't. Okay. Fair enough. Because that's a given. The 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 pros, like I mentioned a few a few minutes earlier, it's David Long. David Long should get every single game ball there is. That guy was like, oh, yeah, you ain't going to take care of me, Tennessee? I got you. And you could tell he was around the ball all fudging game. I, I think Christian Wilkins had an underrated game. Christian Wilkins was he playing did. his ass off also. He did. And that mm-hmm. sack dance that he dropped on ESPN on Monday Night Football was very entertaining. Very, very entertaining. Um, if I have to if I have to use a con and I can't use it on the offensive line, I'm giving it to both coaches, man. I'm giving it to Mike McDaniel and I'm giving it to um Vic Fangio. Um, I thought there was a lot of play calling mistakes. You feel like Mike That's... Daniel in, in year two would have that like wrapped up and taken care of, like put your team in better situations, which obviously, which obviously he did not yesterday. And then Vic, uh, Vic Fangio, I felt like there wasn't enough pressure on the young kid yesterday, man. You're talking about that a soft rookie. zone, yeah. That's yeah. You're talking about you're, t- you're talking about a rookie, and I'm not trying to shit on rookies. Sometimes rookies come in and they light it up. TJ Stroud, right? Will Davis is playing really good, playing good ball. But I don't think he's playing good enough to be able to take on a Vic Fangio-led defense. And I'm sorry, he looked he looked like he had control of our defense yesterday. And by by he, I mean Will Davis, because it for sure wasn't Vic Fangio. Um, you could hear Dan Orlovsky and Lewis Riddick talking about during. He's like, this just doesn't just doesn't look right. The fact that Will Levis is just walking down the field on you guys against a Vic Fangio-led defense, I didn't like it. So my cons were both of those guys. I think. Big cons to Mike McDaniel, big cons to Vic Fangio. I think obviously they're going to get their shit together, and they better um, with the New York Jets coming up because that is a divisional game. Um, I was a big Chiefs fan this past week. I need, I think I, I wanted them more than anybody to beat them because people are like, oh, you should be worrying about getting the number one seed. No, I think you should be worrying about grabbing your division first before you start worrying about number one seeds in the conference. Get that home game, huh? Right. So it's like, yeah, a, a three game lead on the Bills looked much better than a two game lead um, on this. But yeah, I, I agree. One Jets pod. But Danny, what about you? What were your pros and cons for this game? Uh, pro, it's kind of hard. I mean, I guess it's easy to say Tyreek yeah. because, I mean, he's the difference maker. As soon as he came back in late in that third quarter, mm-hmm. two big catches, and it just felt like the energy in the stadium and on the team kind of just blew up. Um, but I, I would say Christian Wilkins. That, that's who I thought was my standout. Okay. Pro, uh, my cons, I have two. First one, Bradley Chubb. Easy, right? Like, Easy. So, like you're not a rookie. You're not a third-year guy. Like, that, like, I get it. He got out of your arms. He escaped. You should have had the sack. But that was a stupid thing to do, to take off your helmet and slam it inside the like wait till you get to the sideline you're allowed to do it out there why do it on the field that basically cost you four points which ended up being the difference in the game right well less uh, one point so that and then my other one is Xavier Howard mm. Xavier Howard was getting cooked I thought DeAndre Hopkins had one hell of a game so uh well you remember when we played you earlier this season a couple weeks ago and I told you hey our boys cooked your boys and you're like well did they really did they really? I don't think Xavier Howard should get the brunt of it because if you watch a lot of those plays that D Hop was getting, because he balled yesterday, he was running away from Jalen Ramsey across the field. They were running a lot of uh, 
cross plays yesterday where oh, they I have they, I, I didn't even I haven't looked at the stats. I have no idea what the numbers are. I just yeah, yeah. saw him getting cooked. The DeAndre Hopkins final stats yesterday. I'll bring it up to you right now. Seven catches, 124 yards yesterday. And they were running a lot of cross patterns with the guy. They would vacate one side of the field, pretending that they were going high, and then they would just run DeAndre Hopkins across the field and just give him a give him a short pass and let him go to work. And let me tell you, the guy still has it, bro. The guy still has it. But yeah. it goes without saying that a, a certain somebody from the Carolina Panthers also dropped 100 yards on us, Mr. Adam Thielen, earlier this season. So it's like receivers have been getting some yards on us, but nonetheless – I think that we will wrap it up, Danny. Quick two minutes on this upcoming game. Obviously, we're back to playing the New York Jets on on Sunday. Um, I guess give me your two cents. What, how are you feeling going into this game? Obviously, we're going to have a preview episode later this week. But how are you feeling? Oh, okay. Obviously, after your big win, okay, right? Because so, Zach's supposed to look well, good. I'll, I'll and sum now, it up before we have our actual preview on on sure. Thursday. Real quick, I was watching that game last night, rooting very hard for the Dolphins. Because, as a Jets fan, I needed the Dolphins to not come out for blood on Sunday. Yeah. And after a loss, especially of that, the way that they lost, I feel like, I mean, if Mike McDaniels was a fiery coach, I'm sure he's really having fired up. But regardless, I'm sure the players will fire themselves up to want to kind of right the wrongs, and they're going to come out for blood. They're going to want to fix this mess. So that did worry me. The Jets finally, offense looked competent with Zach Wilson out there. The last time we played the Dolphins before that fail Mary only had put up 10 points in the first mm -hmm. half. It was mm -hmm. 10 to six. It was close after that. Things kind of just fell off. So um, as a Jets fan, I have a little bit of hope, not a lot, but a little bit of you, hope, but you I would have felt better if the Jet Dolphins won last night. Real, real quick. How, how do you feel watching Zach Wilson? He's capable of doing that. It's just, yeah. he's not consistent. Okay. Like he had, like he has a great arm. If you watch, it was a rainy, rainy, ugly day out there. He yeah. ran to his left, had a turnaround, threw across his body on the run, and he hit a dime to, I think it was like Garrett Wilson or something in the middle of the field. Like yeah. the kid has the talent. It's just his head isn't putting it together. There. Right. It's just right. putting so, it together. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, this was the Better Friends Fan podcast. Do you think Tyreek plays on Sunday? I do. 100%. I do. I think Tyreek plays on Sunday. Um, <laughs> I, how, how effective will he be? We'll talk about that once. once well, we, I thought that when he ran out there, I was like, he's not going to catch a ball. They're literally running him out there to be a decoy. That's what I, that's what I thought. Because yep. he was hobbling. Yeah, I was he like, was. They're running him out there to just be a decoy and free up space in the other side of the field. When he started right. running full speed and getting catches, I was like, this guy's a fucking alien. Like, yeah. I don't know what the hell's wrong with this guy. So, All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the Batter Friends Fan Podcast post-game reaction show. Sorry that we, we came and dropped it to you 24 hours later. But, you know, I needed to di digest that loss. Um, even though I didn't expect a 14-point victory, I did not expect an L, which we obviously took. Um, we are going to be dropping the preview episodes this week on both channels. We're going to be streaming on the Jets show and on the Dolphins show this week. Me and Danny will obviously tweet about it, about what days we're going to do that. Um, Mike, the stat guy, I think, you know, he might be around. He might be around because he was saying some blasphemous shit after that victory talking about that, he, that you guys were going to come down here and beat us very handily. We'll talk about that <laughs> later this week. Um, but, Danny. That guy can be a little emotional. He, he can be a little, little emotional. emotional. But go ahead and lead us out, my boy. 
All right. If you are listening on audio, we appreciate you taking the time to ride with us all the way to the end. Please leave us a five-star comment review, all that other good stuff on audio, Apple, Spotify. And if you are watching on YouTube, thank you for watching all the way to the end. We appreciate you hanging out with us for a full hour. Oh, no. It was 40 minutes this time. For a full 40 minutes, please like, subscribe. If you know somebody as a Dolphin fan, let them know. Tell them to subscribe. Hit us up. I'm a Jets fan. Yes, but I'm a nice Jets fan. I'm, I'm impartial, except for this week. This week, I might not be impartial. But... um. As always, for those of you that joined us in the chat, we appreciate you guys. You guys are the best part of the show. And as always, until the next one, have a good one. Fins up, y'all.